0: <clears throat> and we started another brand new week here on Political Rewind. I'm Bill Niggott. We have a lot to talk about uh, today. Throughout this week, there are some big political stories that we're going to watch unfold and we'll talk about on Political Rewind. Um, but today, we're going to start with um, what has become a story that has captured certainly statewide attention in Georgia, particularly in metro Atlanta but also across the country. This sharp escalation, dramatic escalation of violence in the controversy that's embroiled the planned Atlanta Police and Fire Training Center in southeast Atlanta. Um, By now, you're all well aware that late last week, there was an exchange of gunfire and a state trooper was uh, shot in the abdomen. A uh, Someone who had been uh, protesting the site by uh, essentially uh, living in the trees in the property um, was uh, shot and killed. Troopers and law enforcement say that they were fired upon first. Uh, those who oppose the training center are skeptical of that. And things got even further out of hand as a result of all of that on Saturday night when what started out apparently as a peaceful protest turned very violent. A a police car was set on fire, windows were broken in downtown buildings, and a real riot, a rampage, uh, broke out. Um, And there's also what we're seeing now, too, and I'm even thinking about it as I describe what happened, is there is a controversy over the words we use... To describe who these people are. Are they protesters? Are they rioters? Are they domestic terrorists? Um, there are a lot of people who think the media has got to use language that is uh, more forceful in describing them. So, so this is uh, just a terrible situation for the city of Atlanta to be going through and I want to start the show by talking about it with exactly the right panel to do it. First of all, we start with my Monday partner on the show, the AJC's Patricia Murphy. She, of course, is a political reporter and writes the Political Insider column on Wednesdays and Sundays in the paper. And, as if that's not enough, oversees the jolt at AJC.com every day. Patricia, yeah, I'm always so glad to see you. It's a great way to start the week having you on the show on Mondays.
1: Thank you, Bill. I do feel like it gets my uh, week started off just right as well. It helps me get my head in the game, and then I feel like I'm ready for the week and everything that Georgia politics has to throw at us.
0: Uh, Later in the show, we're going to talk about what I've already told you off the air, I think was a terrific column that you put up that appeared in the newspaper uh, yesterday about spending in the midterm elections. We'll get to that in a little while. But let me introduce our other two panelists today. We're joined by the former Attorney General of the state of Georgia, Sam Olens, who prior to that was chair of the Cobb County Commission and is now a partner at Denton's, the world's largest law firm. Sam, thanks for being here today.
2: Good to be with you, Bill.
0: And Michael Thurman, who is the CEO of DeKalb County and a longtime uh, leader in, uh, in public life in Georgia, is back with us today. And Michael, we'll get to it in a couple of minutes, but it's particularly fortunate we have you on today uh, because part of what's going on over this training center is um, a, 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 an exchange of land. The center actually sits on land in DeKalb County, and there's a permitting process that's still hasn't been completed, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, and I'm glad you're here to help us with that, Mike. Thank
3: you, Bill. Delighted to be with you this morning.
0: Okay, so let's let's start, Patricia, um, and, and let's talk about how people are responding, how public figures, political leaders are responding uh, to all of this. The governor has been engaged in, uh, in the controversy for some time now, Uh, Because late last year, um, he um, uh, and law enforcement, state law enforcement, uh, he he didn't charge them, but he came out and made a very strong statement about the fact that I think at that point, six of the people who had been uh, uh, adamantly opposed to this site were charged with domestic terrorism. Uh, Now there have been more charges of domestic terrorism as a result of what happened over the weekend. And what Kemp said Saturday night is, quote, violence and unlawful destruction of property are not acts of protest. They are crimes that will not be tolerated in Georgia and will be prosecuted uh, fully. Uh, So the governor is uh, deeply involved in making sure that his constituents and all of us know that he won't tolerate violence of this sort. Patricia? Patricia?
1: Yeah, I would say um that ha- that is very consistent for Governor Kemp. He has said that um throughout the last um at least 2 years when we have seen um what began as uh peaceful protest uh small pieces that did break off to become extremely violent in downtown Atlanta um, following the George Floyd protests. And so, um Kemp has made this case over and over. Um I think what was especially interesting was mayor andre dickens response as well he was out in front of the cameras saturday night and had a uh, similar response said that um peaceful protest is always the right thing to do but there's a big difference between a peaceful protest and the kind of violence that broke out in atlanta um, especially at the 191 building the reason that building is relevant is because that's the site of the atlanta police foundation and so as the protest moved from underground atlanta toward the 191 building, that's when um, uh, the these uh, I, I think you can call them rioters. I mean, they're breaking windows, setting the police cars on fire. Um, there is a debate now about, um, maybe it's just on Twitter, but there is a conversation about, do you call them protesters? Do you call them rioters? Are they terrorists? Um, it really depends on who you're talking about. I think we need to know more about the people who've been arrested and charged. Five out of the six apparently came in from out of state uh, to participate in this, maybe with nefarious intent all along. So there appeared to be this time different groups of people as there had been in the past as well. Um, It's really the first big crisis for Andre Dickens, and it's in the same space where Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms really struggled in terms of um, managing the message and then even managing the response to these ongoing protests. And then when they turn violent, what do you do? But he's Dickens um, in this case uh, appears to have acted very swiftly. The police made the arrest, uh, put out the names quickly, put out the charges quickly. And so uh, legally, what happens to them? Um, I think there are, the two lawyers on our panel will have a lot to weigh in as well.
0: Um, The people who were arrested over the weekend had a a variety of charges. I'll read them quickly. There were four felony counts, including criminal damage, arson, interference with government property, and domestic terrorism. They were also charged with four misdemeanor charges of obstruction, being pedestrians in the road, rioting, and unlawful assembly. In other words, Sam, I, I think it's fair to say, and I'm not a lawyer either, they're throwing the book at them.
2: Well, of course, what's most interesting is the domestic terrorism, which is uh, in Georgia law. um, It was actually passed in 2017, uh, 16-11-220. What's interesting about that is, of course, it relates to government uh, facilities. Uh, It gives the attorney general um, concurrent or the same jurisdiction as district attorneys um, and it uh, has a specific provision at the end that says nothing herein is meant to inhibit one's constitutional duties. So it's really about the acts, not the speech. It's about the destruction of property. Um, and there's, uh, in two places, specific sections that deal with folks that come from out of state. So it would appear that it's a, a much uh, easier challenge for the out of state defendants than the individual from uh, Decatur. Um, But, you know, look, if there's one thing this has done is it's put everyone Republican and Democrat on the same page. You know, there's there's no one that isn't saying that this is uh, reprehensible conduct. There's no one that isn't saying that this is uh, uh, grossly inappropriate, repugnant, etc. Um, And some of the comments are just like, okay, so you're attacking us because we want to build a better training facility so that our law enforcement officers are better trained. Tell me how this fits into your uh, scenario. So I I frankly appreciate the fact that everyone from the governor to the mayor uh, and our federal elected officials are all on the same page because they need to be.
0: Um, Sam, uh, one other quick thing before I turn to Michael Thurman. Um, uh, Patricia and I both alluded to the fact that there have been observations about the the rhetoric we should be using to describe these people. And there has been a lot of chatter on Twitter, but also uh, one of your successors, Chris Carr, the current attorney general of Georgia, he issued a statement that says, quote, Rioters smash windows, set police cars on fire, and shoot law enforcement officers. Uh, And he calls on the media to stop calling these people uh, protesters. Um, Sam?
2: Well, he's right. I mean, protest is speech. This this is violent action. He's 100% correct. Um, And uh, once again, it's just good that the mayor has been so strong in his statements from the get-go because that sends a real message.
0: My, Michael Thurman, you put out a strong statement um, at, after the shooting. Um, and again, you're involved in this to the extent that the training center is actually on DeKalb County property. Uh, it's in within the county, I mean. And, um, and so y- your um, commissioners have to oversee a, a, a variety of permitting uh, procedures before everything can uh, be built the way that the final product is supposed to be done. Um, and before we get to that, uh, talk a little bit about uh, this aspect of it. Are there, in fact, Mike, two different kinds of protests going on over this site? There are environmental protests which have to do with the forest land um, that would um, be uh, uh, taken up by the police training center, people who are worried about the tree canopy, that sort of thing. And then there are those anti-police demonstrators who more more closely reflect an anarchistic attitude about police. And in fact, one of the things that was being said over the weekend was defund the Atlanta police. Mike?
3: First of all, a thank you for including the nuance, and I think that's been missed uh, by at least some of the uh, reporting uh, in the media in terms of understanding. Uh, let me say this. The most solemn responsibility I have is to ask men and women in uniform to put their lives on the line to keep the nearly 800 citizens in the CAP County safe. I don't take that lightly. The CAP County has been and will continue to be a willing partner in the multi-jurisdictional public safety uh, response. Uh, Chief Ramos has been there. I talk to her on a daily basis, uh, multiple times a day. And the key is, number one, uh, to prevent unnecessary loss of life, which is something we were very, very concerned with, particularly for men and women who we send into harm's way. My first job is to get them home safely to their families. I join with other leaders who state that uh, uh, destruction and violence uh, cannot and will not be tolerated. But I don't have to say it. We've demonstrated that for over two years. But let me go further. This past weekend, I was in my home county, Clark County. We celebrated the 50th anniversary of the establishment of the Sandy Creek Nature Center. The reason I was there is I was born and raised in a rural part of Clark County that became the nature center. I understand the importance of protecting the environment, and we should be careful not to conflate a small percentage of people who are turning to violence with legitimate protests, concerns, and debates from environmentalists who live in DeKalb County, who live in metro Atlanta, who, frankly, have been in intense negotiations with our government, with me, they've criticized me, but they've always been respectful. They've never been violent. And frankly, they have a legitimate right to be concerned about protecting this unique natural resource, this forested area that is so important, not just to the DeKalb, but all of Metro Atlanta. So let's uh, create some dichotomy between those who seek violence and those who legitimately have raised concerns about protecting and mitigating impact on this unique natural resource, which is the South River Forest, which is that entire part of our county.
0: So that said, um, Mike Thurman, t- tell us a little bit about the uh, controversies that are going on within your uh, commission, board of commissioners, who are, are, are still debating and weighing uh, uh, giving the final permits to uh, proceed with the building, complete building of the site.
3: Well, the commissioners have no role in the permitting process. That's all within the executive branch, with my it within my planning department. So that has been an ongoing uh, process that we go through with any developer, with any developers uh, when they come to DeKalb County. What's unique is that. Uh, the uh, police foundation determined to build the training center in an area that had been in the middle of a major debate that had been brewing uh, really since I took office back in 2017. You have to understand the South River Alliance and who are people who criticize me, criticize the Cap County government, but they're legitimate, honest people who have legitimate concerns. We've been in debate with them and discussion with them. Number one, the CAP neglected the sewer system. Ninety uh, percent of all the sewer spills happen in that part of the county. And thank God we're spending $100 million a year, uh, primarily from the EPA and EPD and, and advocates saying that something has to be done. So we want to make sure that whatever is built does not, uh, at least in an unnecessary way, undermine or... Uh, negatively impact this natural resource. Bill, it's not an either-or proposition. Uh, Our goal is to, number one, protect the environment. Number two, support economic growth. Think about it, Bill. And and Sam, you can't arrest your way out of a crime uh, crisis. You have to have skilled, trained policemen. I'm proud that we got the highest paid police department among large jurisdictions in the state of Georgia. I've supported my men and women in uniform. But I also know that recreation, that having a nature preserve also contributes to a quality of life that can help mitigate crime. We should stop looking at this as an either or proposition. we got to support the police. We have to train them. We have to pay them. We have to let them know that we have their back, But we also have to invest in recreation, and parks, and active, and passive ways so that people can have a better quality of life. Uh, also, uh, economic development. The, the debate I've had with my environmentalist friends: all right, is, is protect environment or economic development. You have to learn to do both. We have to come together and think about uh, the families Who won't pause, but they also need jobs. They also want to be safe, and they also want businesses that they can uh, support and uh, and own. So all of these things are playing out there. And I'm sorry to be so extensive with it, but this is sensitive. This is something I've been dealing with now for seven years.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for correcting me. I guess what I mistook was the fact that your commissioners have weighed in on this issue. On any number of occasions, but the power lies with the executive. You know, Patricia. I said, well, you and I had an exchange before the show went on the air today, in which I said to you, "You know, I make mistakes a lot on political rewind." Point taken. Just now, <laughs> I thought it was a board of commissioners who got to make that decision. But here's the question, Patricia: um, What I'm hearing from Mike Thurman is, I'm not, I'm not sure I get clarity. On to what extent DeKalb County wants to see this police training center built to the at least the kind of footprint it's going to have at the same time protect the forest land as well, Patricia.
1: Well, I do have a question then that maybe we could um, move back to Michael Thurmond, Mm -hmm. who makes the final call? Who is uh, who? How did it get there in the first place? Who signs off on that?
3: Well, ultimately, uh, it's a decision made by the director of our planning department who works and is supervised by the chief operating officer and myself. Uh, The land is owned by Atlanta, but any development has to go through a development process so that it conforms uh, in a way that protects uh, not just and not just allows for the development, but protects your surrounding community. What's unique about this? is that it's being built in an area that is uh, a a natural wonder, that there are legitimate concerns about needing to be protected. What I'm saying is that all of these are legitimate concerns that need to be at least vetted and discussed, and we ought to work together to improve training for all of our police officers and at the same time not destroy or unnecessarily uh, undermine this natural resource.
0: Thank you know, you Sam. So much
3: what's
1: for that.
0: Inter- it- Go ahead, Patricia. Finish up, please.
1: Oh no. Oh, I was. I was going to say. You know, it really does sound um, like. And thank you so much for this conversation, um, Mr. Thurman. Uh, we have three sets of protesters. We have the the local environmental protesters. Now the protesters uh against a police facility writ large, more spending on police, um, and protesting the shooting of the protester by the um by the state troopers. And then also this third bucket of uh violent protesters who came into the city um, who may not even know the background on uh, on the environmental issues at hand. Um, So it certainly is this incredibly complicated situation and uh, not something that obviously the mayor is needing to deal with uh, to sort out not just what happens next, but how to tell everybody in Atlanta what's happening now and what happens next.
0: Sam, I want to pick up on something that Mike Thurman uh, uh, said. And, and um, I, I want to, because I want to talk to you about it in your role as a former attorney general. He said, we can't arrest our way out of this situation. Uh, violence isn't going to solve it. How do you de-escalate what is clearly a battle that uh, the uh, more anarchistic forces who are moving into the city to protest it, seem determined to continue and violence against them, uh, in the form of people being removed from the site who are camping out there, they would call that violence. Um, any action by law enforcement against their people is going to spark more of a, how do you work your way out of this, Sam Oldens?
2: I don't think you solve the problem through time. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, that letting them stay there, you know, we saw this with Occupy Washington, Occupy Portland, whatever. You don't solve the problem by having more and more people go on the property and get more and more violent. Um, I acknowledge the concern that uh, the CEO has. I acknowledge that you've got to put the folks in different buckets. Clearly, the county could have a town hall if so, desire to to uh, talk to some of those individuals. It's my understanding the development, when complete, would still have um, a lot of those trees on the property. Uh, but I don't think you cater to extremists thinking that they get mellow over time. There's no history of that working. Um, and I think at a given point, law enforcement's going to go on the property. The question is simply, when Uh, I thought it was very, very interesting when the state issued, I think it was the state issued the photograph of the gun that they claim was used to shoot the trooper. Um, Normally, that would not have occurred. But it was to deflect the argument that the trooper was shot by friendly fire. And if you assume that the the individual who uh, died, used that gun to shoot the trooper, nothing is going to change those facts from the folks out of state and all that just want to be violent. So when, when Patricia said, well, you've got the group from out of state that's violent, etc, you're never going to mollify them. It is foolish to think you're going to mollify them. They're there for violence. They're there to Uh, look forward to more ranting upon violence. So I I think clearly Mike's right. You've got to separate the groups, but I also don't think uh, if we're here two months from now with them back on the property and causing trouble at nights and weekends, that would be a real shame.
0: Well, let me just throw in. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah.
3: I'm not, in any form or fashion, suggest that we mollify or negotiate with terrorists. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is that you cannot paint this with a broad brush. That is a mistake. And, for instance, I've never met with anyone from the Atlanta Police Foundation. I'd be happy to explain to them the nuance of what we are facing and what we were facing before it was announced that. the uh, training facility was coming to DeKalb County. Uh, there weren't violent protests when we were working with the South River line. They just were not. And so what we would like to see, please, we want to see, look, a part of Atlanta is in DeKalb. If we get a safer Atlanta, we'll have a safer DeKalb County. Uh, that's often missed, that a part of the city of Atlanta, our beautiful capital city, sits in DeKalb County. So we are pro training center. But I'm also pro-protecting this resource that cannot be replaced. There's nothing else like it in metro Atlanta. And I'm suggesting that you can do both. It's not an either-or proposition.
0: Okay. Um, Before we get to a break, uh, Patricia, uh, Sam points out that it's unusual to have law enforcement release the photograph of the gun. But, of course, one of the reasons apparently they did is that something that has inflamed The people who believe there was uh, uh, that this was police shooting first, there's no body camera uh, video because state troopers do not routinely wear body cameras. And that has inflamed uh, the uh, uh, people who believe that this was a malicious act by law enforcement.
1: Right. And so I think that um, every time there is uh, information out there that can uh, quickly tap down a uh, a misunderstanding or a rumor or anything like that, um, I think it is important to get that information out quickly because you know, in the age of social media, these things are often um, sort of uh, tried and decided on uh, social media within hours. And once it once that, um, that sort of level of assumption gets gets going, it's very hard to turn it around. So the typical rules of evidence clearly did not uh, did not apply. In this case, they wanted to make sure that they got um, sort of their evidence out there to to stop that as quickly as possible.
0: Well, I've got to get to a break, but I want to say to all three of you, thank you for, for me, it's a conversation that I learned a lot about in terms of the more uh, nuanced aspects of what's happening around the planned Atlanta Police and Fire Training Center. I have one more question about that when we come back from our break, Uh, but first let's get to these messages. DeKalb County CEO Michael Thurman, former State Attorney General Sam Olins and AJC political reporter and columnist Patricia Murphy join me. Uh, Patricia, one last uh, note on this. Sam Oldins, uh correctly pointed out that this is something that across the aisle, uh, the, the violence it's the, over the weekend, uh, it, it, that uh, people on both sides of the aisle are, have been quick to condemn. And while I get that that's true— it's going to be interesting to see later this week when Governor Kemp gives his state of the state speech, which we're all going to be watching very closely. We know that cracking down on crime, on gang violence is a big part of his agenda this year. But how he uses uh, these instances to push even further could, in fact, become issues that will not have unanimous support for both Democrats and Republicans. I mean, I think there are some aspects of this of his crime-fighting proposals that are likely to strike some Democrats as uh, uh, wrong-headed. yes?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it really depends on what he comes out to propose with the yes. state of the state. I think that Democrats, after the 2022 elections, largely understood that, uh, and got feedback from voters that they did not talk about crime enough. Um, now, there are some instances of Republicans really working to inflame the situation for their own benefit. Somebody like Andrew Clyde tweeted over the weekend that these were Antifa protesters coming in and Democrats are always coddling Antifa. You know, Nobody know. we don't know who these people are, but we do know what happened. Um, so that kind of rhetoric I think is not helpful, um, but I think Democrats do understand that uh, voters were telling them crime was a very important issue to them even outside of Atlanta. And so we know that we're going to see Fannie Willis and John Albers, a senator from uh, North Fulton, um, likely again teaming up on anti-crime packages, um, bills to focus on um, the gang population who Fannie Willis calls her frequent flyers who are coming in and getting arrested again and again and again. What can be done to kind of focus in on gang activity, which uh, is responsible for a a lion's share of the violence um, around the city of Atlanta and also in cities like Macon and Albany and Savannah, um, Athens, Augusta, Atlanta is not the only city dealing with this situation. And so um, I think, again, it really depends on uh, the tone that the governor has and the specifics of what he's proposing. And I think he may have some partners in Democrats.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I'm thinking, Mike Thurman, of the fact that the governor, in making some of his anti-crime announcements, has politicized it to an extent. He talks about progressive, permissive, liberal district attorneys who aren't doing uh, their jobs, Um, and and that's what I'm thinking about when I think about some potential pushback um, from the other side of the aisle, Um, and... So I'm just, I I guess, I think Patricia's right. How do you frame all this so you can get bipartisan support for fighting crime, which I don't think many people would argue is not uh, much, much more uh, problematic than it has been in the past, Mike?
3: Well, first, I think all right-thinking people, regardless of political affiliation, uh, number one, We have to protect our men and women in uniform. We have to protect law-abiding citizens. Uh, We have to make our community safer for all people to live, work, and play. That's just universal. Uh, I would ask uh, fellow elected officials, uh, I think part of the de-escalation, because these terrorists, they want to provoke violence. One of the things we've been concerned about was part of their strategy was to provoke violence so that they could use it sometime as an organizing tool. So what we have to do is, in the rhetoric, uh, this is not an opportunity for political gamesmanship. It's just really not. Uh, Look, I've had the heartbreaking experience of having one of my officers killed in the line of duty. I, I know what that is. I've looked and met with the parents. And I know kids who are now growing up without a father. So this is not about politics. This ain't no game. This is real. Uh, As I sit here, I see a police go by my house, you know, having to be guarded 24-7. So what I'm saying is that this is an opportunity for people who want to do the right thing to actually do it. Uh, It's about better trained policemen, but it's also about providing recreation for kids so they don't have to live in the streets. And and it's about preserving the natural resources so that that creates an environment where people can have a more positive life. It's about making sure that you got an internship program so when we build the uh, uh, training center, that there will be job opportunities offered to young men, particularly young Black men in that community, so that they can pursue honest labor. And see, we can reduce crime before the first class ever graduates from that academy if we will broaden our perspective.
1: Bill, I think... um the piece on district attorneys is something really important to focus on. Um, one element of what Kim is talking about there are local district attorneys who have said they're not going to be prosecuting anybody on just the state's six-week abortion ban. Um, I think there are also some district attorneys around the state who have talked about changing um, uh, bail requirements or uh, guidelines for who's kept in jail. Um, I think the prosecution piece of this is a really gigantic uh uh issue when you when you're looking at who uh is committing the crimes and then who is arrested and then who is released back into the community very quickly sometimes' at the great, great frustration even of the district attorney so the the prosecution piece of this I think is something where we will see a lot of conversation and, and yeah. uh, likely some proposals from the governor
0: that's a lot of what I was thinking about Sam olden's jump in here
2: So I think you need to distinguish between statements that are political in nature by some of these district attorneys from statements that relate to the basics of the job. And uh, for instance, as it relates to the Fulton and the DeKalb district attorneys, they've made, to the best of my knowledge, no comments that are criticized by law enforcement, uh, the business community, et cetera. So let's just put that at the top. I mean, I think the world of the DeCab District Attorney, I've known her for years, and she is rock solid, just as it appears the newer Fulton County District Attorney is. The complaint is by um, certain district attorneys that as soon as they took office, they listed all the crimes they were no longer going to uh, prosecute, in contrast to Georgia law. Uh, And that's what creates the friction. And that, in my humble opinion, was totally inappropriate. Uh, These decisions on uh, grand jury presentments, et cetera, should be fact-specific, not broad subject matter-specific. So when some district attorneys on the first day that they were elected decided to be politicians instead of prosecutors, that's a problem. I still think going back to uh, CEO Thurman's comment, someone does need to lower the flame as it relates to Dekalb County and Atlanta City residents that aren't here from out of state to cause trouble and that literally want a hearing, that literally want an opportunity to talk. And I think having some type of government forum that is not heated in theory, and that literally lets people talk, would be very helpful.
0: All right, we're gonna be following um, all of this. Uh, whatever Governor Kemp decides to, to say in his state of the state about crime fighting, among all the other things that he'll propose, um, certainly the ongoing controversy around the police training center, That's something we're going to follow closely on Political Rewind, as as will Patricia and her colleagues at the AJC and our reporters here at GPB News. Um, Patricia, uh, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court's handing down the decision in Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion. And um, we saw two demonstrations that kind of surrounded that. We saw more than two, but we saw one here uh, late last week on Friday Uh, uh, The uh, anti-abortion forces and then a national uh, march in this year, Madison, Wisconsin, of uh, uh, pro-choice supporters. So uh, let's talk about it in terms of what the anti-abortion forces are talking about in terms of Georgia legislation. They are saying, yes, we've got a heartbeat law. Yes, six weeks is right now the law of Georgia, but we want them to go further. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see to what extent they get any traction in this session of the legislature, Patricia.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a distinction to be made between the Republican leadership of the uh, State House and Senate, and then the individual Republican members, um, uh, many of whom are extremely conservative, and some of whom are solely focused on the abortion issue, which is their top issue. So um, we expect to come forward bills to um, potentially offer a constitutional amendment, creating personhood for embryos, which would essentially create a a complete abortion ban, because if you have an embryo with full personhood rights at any point in pregnancy, um, terminating that pregnancy would be considered murder under a personhood um, sort of uh, understanding. Um, a second piece that we expect is something that is less than a constitutional amendment, but just putting something like that into statute. Mm-hmm. And a third uh, option I think we'll certainly see, or a third proposal we'll see, is having to do with mail-order um, abortion drugs. Uh, right now, obviously, women cannot go to a an abortion clinic after about six weeks of pregnancy once the fetal heartbeat is detected, but they they um, can order um, uh, drugs through the mail at uh, at that early point in pregnancy, but it'd be very difficult to know when they took those drugs. And so um, that is an area. We saw interest in the mail order piece of it in the last session, and that bill did not get through at the very end. I think that that will be revisited here as well.
0: Um, one point I would add... Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. One quick thing. One quick thing I would add is that reporters met with the new House Speaker, John Burns, and asked him specifically, are you looking to um, push more abortion-related language, anything to tighten it up further? From his perspective as the new State House Speaker, he said he does not want to move forward any more legislation while the six-week abortion ban is under review in the courts, uh, which it currently is because of appeals by, um, by, uh uh pro-abortion or you know uh pro-choice uh groups and so that that's not what he's interested and in. it doesn't mean though that bills won't be introduced and even potentially get a hearing and then you know we would have to see where it goes from there
0: i think that's an important point sam olens uh before back when there were proponents pushing the bill that would make abortions illegal after six weeks um Speaker David Ralston didn't want that bill either. And presumably Governor Kemp was not enthusiastic at that point, but both of them were pushed far to the right by the constituency uh, and by legislators who said, we need this, Sam. So you never can tell what's going to happen with abortion in the Georgia legislature.
2: So as I'm sure you all have um read about it was the individual from the national federation of the republican assembly who overtly attacked uh, a deceased former speaker and strongly inferred that they uh, have would have uh, no misgivings of other legislative leaders suffered a similar fate uh, if they didn't support their uh, legislative agenda and i think patricia did a a story on it that, you know, she got a quote, there's no better way to kill a bill before it's filed than to make a comment like that. Another gentleman who leads a very conservative group immediately came forward to attack the prior comment stating how uh, wrong it was. What you're gonna see early on, in my opinion, is uh, the new speaker demonstrate his backbone Some people take his polite demeanor as a way to uh, push him, but I think they will find out that he is solid as a rock. And I think they will find out that John Burns will stick to his uh, positions and that if they go to attack him, they will sorely uh, miss the day they have his favor. So I I think, we will know shortly um, how the new speaker is going to respond to some of the uh, folks that are taking these these positions. You um, know, all I can say is uh, I I greatly respect John Burns, and I think he will um, show a, a strong um, commitment to uh, represent the caucus in full.
0: Um, I got to get to the final break, but the gentleman you're talking about, Sam, as the the jolt, Patricia's uh, 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 daily uh, 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 pieces of political news said this morning, Nathaniel Darnell, Georgia director for the National Federation of Republican Assemblies, essentially at a rally, thanked God for the recent death of the late House Speaker David Ralston uh, because he didn't feel Ralston was willing to go far enough in condemning and abolishing abortion in Georgia. Um, And he said that others who were like Ralston may be better off with the same fate. Despicable beyond words. All right, we got to get to final break. Back with more in a minute. In the headlines of the show today, I said we talk about uh, how Buddy Carter's uh, fair tax proposal in the U.S. House isn't getting many traction. Well, I'm going to reserve that for tomorrow's show, because as long as we have Patricia Murphy, I really want to hear the panel weigh in on a great column that you wrote yesterday, Patricia. In talking about the obscene amounts of money raised for Georgia midterm elections, some $650 million, I think, is the th- uh, amount you put it at. You say, what could have been done with this money if we had used it to solve the problems that these candidates were campaigning on? Talk to us for a minute about that.
1: Yeah, so we've had just an explosion of money coming into Georgia um, for a couple of reasons for these campaigns. One is because Georgia is a battleground state and it's attracting national attention to both sides and national money to both sides. Um, But also the Citizens United decision from the Supreme Court in 2010 lifted um, spending limits, essentially said that unlimited spending could happen um, outside of campaigns, but to sort of influence campaigns. And then last year um, or in 2021, Georgia lawmakers approved a bill to allow unlimited spending in these statewide races um, for governor, lieutenant governor, and then the leadership of the state house and senate. So it just sort of busted all limits and um kind of just opened, you know, opened up both the doors for any amount of money to come into these races. And as we were reporting every cycle, I mean every um reporting period, we were reporting. 10 million 20 million 50 million dollars you know breaking records uh democrats and republicans and in fact democrats were out raising republicans Stacey abrams and rafael warnock by Tens of millions of dollars against their opponents. Um, I, I, in, my, in my mind, I'm like, someday I'm going to add up all this money and see what else they could have paid for that. And so um, for just the two races, the governor's race and the Senate race, um, $650 million, you could have paid for um, to expand Medicaid in Georgia for three years. You could give every public school teacher a $5,000 bonus. You could... Um, Buy every georgian chick-fil-a for dinner you could do a lot of things (laughs) um and it really is just to to illustrate how obscene and absurd the campaign spending has gotten because of these changes to limits in um campaign finance laws and i think it's very important for people to pay attention to not just as it's being spent but in retrospect to understand how massive the money is and to me what a fool's errand much of it is as well because eventually people tune out the odds don't pay attention and just pick who they're going to pick
0: i want to get a quick comment before the show's over with from michael and sam about this mike thurman uh i can't imagine uh you've ever had to raise uh it's a little different when you're at the county (laughs) uh, level nevertheless what's the most you've ever uh, raised for a campaign God. Which you always win, by the way.
3: Well, no, that was back when I was running for labor commissioner. I'm like, man, I just I I came too early. I can't. The the, the numbers (laughs) that, uh, you know, I read. But let me just say something about this column. Patricia has an amazing ability to cut to the chase and using her wit and her knowledge uh, to expose the hip not to mock. Uh, the reality of modern-day politics, and uh, she did it extremely well, and I love that column. But Bill, before we go off, I want to comment on something about John Burns. When you come back to me if you can?
0: Uh, Okay, Sam Olins, there's nothing going to turn back these, as we've said several times, obscene amounts of money being spent on campaigns.
2: No, and I think I, I spent probably about seven to 10 million the last time, I honestly don't remember. Um, back then it was $600,000 a week for TV ads. Now it's clearly another digit. But I just wanted a second to praise Mike Thurmond. He spoke to a leadership cop class last week. He was masterful. When you hear him speak and talk about leadership, you understand what a gem he is. And that he is the leader uh, in Metro Atlanta, if not the state, for municipal leadership. So thank you, Mike.
0: Wow, that thank is you, lovely. All right, Thurman, you got about, I don't know, a minute at most to say something nice about John Burns.
3: Well, I'm encouraged by his tone and the leadership. And I don't know whether you, people noticed, but all the Democrats supported John Burns as Speaker. Uh, he received a unanimous vote for Speaker this year, and I just think Georgia continues to be a, a moderate state. But let me say something about the person, this person who made those comments about David Ralston. If you think about it, the radicalization of politics, you know I'm pro-life, mm-hmm. but I'm here celebrating the loss of someone's life and hoping that other people will lose their life. On the other side, we have people who want to protect trees but willing to take life, a human life to protect the tree, what we have to do is really just step back and de-escalate and begin to really focus not on the or and what Sam was talking about, but the end. Some of this is and. You can do both. It's not an either or, and you don't have to hurt and kill people in order to achieve objectives. And, and someone has to speak up to it and stop it
0: mike thurman you get the last word on today's political rewind and and uh, i'm really glad you were here and i'm grateful for your participation in the show today sam olins you know we always love having you on thank you for being here patricia murphy thanks for making my monday better by being my partner from the hac on today's show we're back with a brand new show tomorrow by the way tomorrow Hallerman will be here because robert mcburney's in court they talk about whether they should release the findings of the special grand jury. It's more complicated than you may think. And Tamar's going to explain that as one of the panelists on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, I'm Bill Nygut. Take care and stay healthy, everybody.